Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As part of our Forbes Minute series, spotlighting thought-provoking Forbes videos and their key takeaways, today I explore Courtney Whitehead's recent Forbes video, How to Make Working from Home More Sustainable for the Long Term. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Today, I'm excited to explore with you Courtney Whitehead's recent Forbes video, How to Make Working from Home More Sustainable for the Long Term. While the timeline to return to the office for other industries and locations remains unclear, many people are slowly realizing that they'll be working from home a lot longer than they had originally planned during this pandemic. If you are in this position, here are three tips offered in this video to help you assess and tweak your current routine to create a sustainable plan for working from home going forward. I am excited to explore this with you. I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. While a timeline to return to the office still remains unclear for a lot of people, uh, many companies are putting out guidance that has employees working from home all the way until 2021. So if you find yourself working from home a lot longer than you originally planned, you may need to make an assessment of whether or not the current environment you have is sustainable for the long haul. So here are some tips to assess your current working environment and make sure it continues to serve you no matter how long this continues. I don't think many of us were ready for how this pandemic shifted the very nature of work and caused us to adjust how we accomplish our work. Of course, many industries, many workers had to go virtual. They had to work from home while they were under quarantine or under lockdown orders uh, or just for public health safety um, reasons. And so more and more workers were all of a sudden working remotely more than ever before in the history of the world. Many thought that, you know, maybe this was just a temporary thing and in the pandemic, we'd get a grapple on it after a few months and things would die down and people would be able to turn back, return back to work. But we know that's not the case. While some workers in service industries, hospitality, uh, food, uh, other types of retail have gone back to physical work, many individuals have continued to work virtually and many of the biggest corporations have announced plans to push out people returning back to the physical office at least until the start of 2021. Some have already announced as far out as uh, the summer of 2021, and that's still contingent on our ability to have a vaccine that is uh, effective and that is widely distributed that, uh, that people take. 
And so all of that still raises questions about what the long-term sustainability of these work-from-home arrangements are. Uh, so I appreciate her video, and she's going to lay out three tips for how we can think about this in a more sustainable way and make sure that we're not burning people out. Uh, because if if we've all learned one thing throughout these past eight months or so is that it's it's convenient in many ways to work virtually, but it's also hard. It's stressful. Um, there are heightened anxieties in a lot of ways. Many people are having to care for their children or care for um, for elderly or immunocompromised individuals in their homes. Um, and so even if they're not at a personal risk or in a high, uh, high risk category, there, there are other people they live with that might be. And just dealing with all of that and dealing with all of the societal uncertainty just adds to the stress, the anxiety, and the ability for people to separate work from their personal lives. It takes a toll. We need to be able to account for that, and we need to be able to provide our employees. Um, we need to be able to offer empathy and sympathy for them. We need to provide them the emotional support so that they can be their whole selves and bring their best selves to the work that they do. And, you know, this could go on for a long, long time. Uh, so let's get into these tips. First, learn how to leave the office. One of the hardest parts about working from home is that there's no separation between your home life and your professional life. Um, and so there's some little tricks you can do to try to help you know when you're on and when you're off. Uh, for example, you can wear a scarf or uh, you can put your badge on if you had a badge at the office or um, even just consolidate where you work to just one room. And so depending upon your living situation, that, that may be easy to do or hard to do, but the point is just to create a demarcation so that you know, am I working right now or is this my personal time? It really is important that we take the opportunity to find separation between our work and our home life when we're working virtually. I know that for me and my wife, you know, we're both working from home and we have six kids that are doing school from home and that is a challenge. And so we, we know that we have to adjust our working schedules. I try to leave a couple hours in the morning open so I can help my kids with their schoolwork. And then I go into my bedroom where I've set up a little workstation where I know that then I, I can go and uh, be working on my stuff without interruption and I can close my bedroom door and everyone knows that I'm in there for at least a time uh, where I could get some stuff done. Now I have to be flexible because I need to work on uh, and help with family stuff as well as do my work and my wife does the same thing. So there is a little bit of ebb and flow. Um, we can't have a, a super clear demarcation between the two. Uh, but we do have some physical spaces. I, I'm in our bedroom. My wife has her home office. Each of us have a door that we can close. And when those doors are closed, people know that it's time for us to get a little bit of work done. And then we can adjust our schedules flexibly around that. Address your unmet needs. 
When you first started uh, working from home, you may have thought that you could set up some temporary makeshift office space. Um, that may be on your couch, it may be at a dining room table, it may even be in an office, but an office that's just not ideal. Um, as we get deeper into working from home, it's really important to reassess how well is the space you're working in working for you. Some things you can think about are the desk placed where you want it to be. Um, do you have all the ergonomics and things that your body needs in place? Is it just ugly? Is there is there junk sitting around that it, you didn't feel like you needed to move because the space worked good enough on its own? Um, but don't take that for granted. The aesthetics of a room um, really do play into how you feel. And now is the best time to start thinking about how can you make your daily working environment better. This is a really important tip, and I have to admit that I put this off myself for way too long. In the first month or two of the pandemic and working from home, honestly, I just continued to work from my front office. That doesn't have a door, so I have a desk in there, and I would work from home a lot. I'm a professor. I do consulting work. Uh, so I would be at home, and I would just kind of go in and out, but it wasn't a big deal, and I can make it work. But with everyone home all the time, I quickly found that it was just far too distracting to be in a space that didn't have an office um, door that I could close. And so what I found quickly is that I needed to go into my bedroom. So I, I, I brought in a folding table, uh, I set it in the corner, and I had this makeshift workspace in my bedroom. And I worked that way for months and months and months. And it literally was just yesterday when I finally set up a more permanent workstation in my bedroom. Now, my wife had clued into this a little bit sooner, and she had her office set up, and it was in, in a good um, format and situation. She made some adjustments. She ordered some additional screens and, and uh, office equipment to allow her to be able to work more effectively. And I was just dumb and stubborn and, and didn't get around to it. And so finally, finally, I made some purchases. I ordered some additional equipment. And now I have a fully functional, rather sweet office setup in the corner of my bedroom that is going to be fully adequate for everything that I need to do. I won't have to make do with just working on my little laptop anymore. Now I have a full setup. And I'm so glad, and I can't believe it took me seven plus months to get to that point. Um, but for all of you, you need to consider this for yourselves as you're running your organizations, you're leading your teams, you need to have the equipment that you need and your people do as well. And while I took care of this on my own, I, I just went out and purchased the equipment for myself. Um, not everyone's going to have the means to do that. And so the organization may need to be able to help individuals um, when those needs arise, but certainly that will lead to higher levels of productivity when they have the right equipment and they're able to do the work that needs to be done without having to squint on a little laptop screen or just try to make do. Three, use your vacation days to reset. I get it, it's not ideal to take a vacation when you can't get on a plane or you can't go to the beach uh, or any of the places that, that bring you joy and help you reset. Um, but it's still really important to take your vacation days anyway. It is just not productive to work and work and work. I think especially in what has been a challenging um, and oftentimes high stress uh, environment, even, even from home. 
So make sure you're thoughtful about how much leave you ultimately need. Even if that's just a day or two, though, though frankly, I recommend you take a full week or more to reset. Make sure you're being proactive about recharging yourself and refreshing. I don't know about all of you, but I think I've been working a lot more hours overall since the pandemic hit. There's no more commuting, and so I'm spending that time working. And just not having a crystal clear separation between work and home life, it means that I just end up working more. Uh, And there's also not any place to go. There's not as much stuff to do, and so I just end up working more. Now, that leads to higher levels of productivity, and I'm getting a lot done, but that isn't sustainable. You have to be able to have some time to reset. You have to recalibrate and you have to relax. And, you know, we, we've all felt it. E- each and every day feels exactly like the one before. And you get to the weekend and you're like, is it even the weekend? It doesn't feel any different than the weekdays. And so you end up working on the weekend a lot. I, I don't know if, if you've all done that, but I certainly have. And so we have to make sure that we take the time to pause and to take a break. That means really giving yourself time on the weekend. That means really taking vacation days. Uh, Just this last weekend, I kind of had an impromptu little getaway. I rented a cabin. I took the kids. We went up to the canyon. We enjoyed the fall colors. We enjoyed the reservoir and the river. And we it it was a short trip, um, but it it, it was awesome. It, It just helped me to reset. It helped the kids to reset. We were just gone for two days. Uh, but it made a big difference. And I would love, I would love to be able to take a full week. Um, That's a little bit harder because of my kid's school. But if you're in a situation where you could take a week or two off, just like you would take on a big vacation, make sure that you take that time. Your work usually will give you that time. So if you have vacation days, if you have PTO, make sure you use it. In many cases, you can't save it up. You have to use it before the end of the year. And even if you don't have any destination to go to for your vacation, you can still use that time and make it worthwhile. You can do staycation types of activities, or you can just sit outside on the deck or on the patio and read a book and decompress. It's super important. And if we don't do it, we're going to burn out. And we need to, as leaders, set the example for our people so that they know we're taking vacation days. We encourage them to take vacation days and that they feel empowered to take that time for themselves and for their family. No matter what you decide about changing your routine, make sure you take into account what you've already been through and what you'll need going forward. So I think those are three excellent tips. It's a good opportunity right now. We're many months into this pandemic. Uh, We still have a long way to go before we're in the clear. Things aren't getting back to normal anytime soon. And even once the pandemic is under control, we're probably going to see some sort of a new normal, to use the cliche. We're not going back to the way things were. And there's still going to be differences. We're still going to lean more on virtual work. We need to make sure we do it in a sustainable and healthy way for our people and for our organizations. She provided three great tips. I hope that you'll take those into account and consider them. And it's a good time to reflect and and reassess where you are at in your own um, relationship with your virtual work and how your team is doing and how they're responding. And make sure you have the conversations so that everyone can be healthy. As always, I appreciate you joining me today. I hope you all can stay healthy and safe. 
I hope you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.